Hello and welcome to the Sinbin Fantasy Football Podcast, Week 2. This is your host, this is your commissioner, Cody Carlicker, and I'm here today with the 2018 Fantasy Football Podcast, or Fantasy Football Champion, Kevin O'Brien. Kev, how are you doing today, buddy? Excellent. Thank you for that introduction, Cody. First of all, last week, I want to let you know you absolutely killed it. Commissioner Code's doing an outstanding job, with the exception of the decision to go with Fab. We'll get into that later. <laughs> horrible, horrible decision. Guys, we have an outstanding show for you today, but before we get into it, I want to uh, introduce our sponsor for today's podcast and the host for today's podcast, Blue Nose Brewery. Set the scene for you right now. We're sitting right outside, beautiful patio table, drinking some outstanding, delicious craft beers. I'd like to introduce you to owner and operator of Blue Nose Brewery, sponsor for today, Nate Garcia. Nate, please uh, take it away. Hello, everybody. This is Nate like Kevin said a second ago, coming straight to you from 6119 East Avenue in Hodgkins, Illinois. Can't miss us right across the street from Menards. Hello. Who needs a project at home? Let's do it. All right, guys. We got a lot of football to talk about, so no more jokes. We're going to get real serious and dive into this NFL stuff because I know we're not the only ones dying to play some fantasy. We'll talk to you. What uh, what beer are you drinking right now, Kev? I'm drinking Vapor Chase. Uh very unique, delicious beer that I've. Every time I come here, I get. I, I compare it a little bit to Allagash, but uh, better, I guess, is how I would describe it. How about you, Coach? Uh, I'm drinking Mosaic Loud, uh, made with Mosaic hops. That's why they're. That's the name. It's Mosaic hops, and once it hits your lips, it's like just a party in your mouth. And that's why they call it Loud. Mosaic Loud. It's the best beer here. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I, you're, you're definitely right, and uh, in fact, Cody actually arrived about 40 minutes late to today's podcast, so I've had the opportunity to get two beers ahead of him, uh, just so if, if my speech starts to slur, it's your uh, Commissioner Codes' fault. Yep, I'm the asshole. Um, what we're going to talk about today, guys, let's, let's jump right into this. We're going to talk Bears. We're going to talk about Fab, like Kevin said. We're going to talk about what happened last week and uh, the results of those matchups, but the, the first thing I want to talk about is... Everything that's been going on in the Antonio Brown saga. There's even developments today that that I wasn't even really even prepared to talk about that we'll probably address still in regards to the rape allegations. But the the shenanigans that that have gone on from the last two weeks, in my opinion, are are terrible. And I think it sets a bad precedent for the league and just society as a whole on how somebody can just throw it throw a temper tantrum and get out of a situation that they don't like and be rewarded by it. Obviously being going from Oakland to New England is a huge upgrade even even if he sacrificed some money uh, on the front end. So I mean with getting into a fight with his with his general manager, getting into or broadcasting a phone call with his head coach, getting released Broadcasting a video about getting released and then going to the Patriots where they're going to pay him $15 million, um, $9 million guaranteed. Um, to me, I believe that the league should investigate this. Was there collusion on the Patriots' end? And if there was collusion on the Patriots' end, shouldn't there be some sort of penalty? Shouldn't there, I mean, shouldn't Antonio Brown be suspended just on that? Shouldn't the Patriots have some sort of punishment just on that? Um, I. I just think that that's awful, and it sets a bad precedent for other people that may hold out or may want out of their contracts in general. 
Uh, Cody, that's an excellent breakdown. I did not even think about uh, New England and the, and the collusion factor, but obviously we've all been following it, and it's an absolute clown show that follows Antonio Brown. And, and really to dive into this section, I would divide this kind of Antonio Brown segment into three parts. First of all, of course, there's the most recent rape allegations, which I can actually, I'd like to compare to a local sports star. Um, but part two, of course, is everything that happened in Oakland. At what point did Antonio start to do things intentionally as an as a escape to get out of there? Yes or no? Um, and then, of course, part three of the Antonio Brown conversation, of course, is Waloka's decision to draft him in the second round, which is just laughable given all the uh, the advantage he had moving into this draft and now where his team stands today. It's light years away from where we thought he'd be. So, uh, funny conversation. Um, Cody, I don't know how much you've read today about the rape gate, as, uh, as I now see here written down by Nate here. Thank you. Uh, rape gate, New England. Uh, fits very well. But... It's a very slippery slope, in my opinion, for the NFL, right? This is not a criminal investigation. This, at this point, is simply a civil suit. This is a woman suing Antonio Brown for three separate sexual assault accusations. And I actually read the the emails, and they were pretty laughable. He did say some things that were very negative towards women, and he did so in an almost unreadable fashion. Uh, but while he did all those things and said some horrible things about women, he talked about jizzing on her back, there was actually no admission to any sexual assault at that point. And now, of course, the NFL and the Patriots face a crossroads to what do we do here. The, typically, the team is protected here. It's the NFL's part to either put him on the exempt list or not. Uh, but, of course, the New England Patriots, if they're a, a Class A organization, could go ahead and do something anyway. But I don't think that they will. We've seen their... The New England Patriots have been surrounded by scandal, um, but there's actually a similar comparison here to a Chicago athlete not that long ago, and it's Derrick Rose. So this was right after Derrick Rose left, so he was kind of fell out of the media, fell out of the attention, but he had a civil suit that was brought up to him for a gang rape. And if you read the Deadspin articles, it was disgusting. The girl described waking up surrounded by a group of naked men with used condoms everywhere. It was disgusting. It was difficult to read. Um, and, of course, Derek Rose's response was it was consensual group sex. So very difficult to read and, and not highly publicized like this is. But the end result of that, as I recall, was Derek Rose won that civil suit. Uh, I think there was probably some settlement involved. But no criminal action, and as you know, he's still in the NBA. So what road, Cody, is this going to take? Is, is the NFL going to do something here, or is this going to fade away over time? Well, I think in these types of situations, that was a great breakdown and a great comparison there in the, in the situations. But what we find ourselves in, unfortunately, is a he said, she said situation. And I think a lot of the times, and I'm not any legal expert, don't, I mean, I hope nobody takes that the wrong way, but I think what happens a lot of the times is this stuff gets settled out of court. And if that's the case, I don't know what grounds the NFL has to stand on or the Patriots have to stand on to take any action um, as, as there's no real hard evidence that sexual assault take, took place, right? So far, correct. So we'll see how that goes. And, and, and just to, to pivot a little bit, back towards the league and what what this means for us is is i'm sure that waloka has 
is is really nervous right now about what's going on with his team. That was a real <laughs> that was a real roller coaster of emotions for about 24 to 48 hours for Chris, as as it went from uh, being sus- or being suspended to being active on Monday night to Antonio Brown saying that he's not going to play if he's fine, then to getting released and then <laughs> ending up on the Patriots. Now for me, I don't think that Antonio Brown is going to play for the Patriots on Sunday. I could be wrong. But in, let's say let's say he doesn't. You're already minus two weeks with Antonio Brown with a fear of a suspension over his head. Like, that's really terrible to have for your second-round pick. Totally agreed, and I, I agree he's not going to play this week. And I think the reason that the Patriots are going to deliver for that is the fact that he just doesn't know the offense, which we all know is a cop-out. They're trying to avoid and, and let this go by and let the NFL investigation take place. But we really need to get a, a group text with the Fantasy League because we do have a Palatine group uh uh, group text, and it's been pretty hysterical. A, a Every, call to action here. A call to action yeah. for a group text for Let's, the Fantasy League rather than Gmail. We need to get that set up because uh, Chris has been bombarded with memes and gifs about just the <laughs> lunacy that he did when he made that draft pick, and he has been defensive. He, I've offered him multiple trades. I know other people have his too, and he is standing <laughs> by his guy, Antonio Brown the stand-up guy that he is. Mm. Uh, so I, I really look forward to the coming weeks and Chris's team slipping back, slipping back, similar to how Awesome's team did last year, um, into uh, being an, an, a non-competitive team, especially the advantages he was given at draft time. It show, shows what kind of character Chris is, uh, hanging on to a player like Antonio Brown and, and not entertaining these trade offers. Um, really, um, I, my, my opinion really changed if Chris will look at it. You know, it, it, with with all the Antonio Brown stuff, you know, it, we could talk about that for hours. Um, but what I think a lot of people in this league, I mean, outside, I mean, outside of me and maybe Metzger, everybody's here, a Bears fan. And after the showing on Thursday night, I'm sure that everybody has really racked their brains over what happened, why did the Bears look so terrible, and what is it going to look like on Sunday when they have to go to Denver and face a familiar foe or a familiar face, not necessarily a foe, in Vic Fangio. What's Mitch going to look like? What's the running game going to look like? Um, Kevin, what what aspect of the offense are you not worried about at this moment? Um, thanks for the throw over, Cody. It, I, I, I'm still disappointed, and I, I think everyone kind of saw but through my text messages. It was That was awful, uh, watching that offense play. And I, before I get into Mitch, I will answer your question. Uh, I'm not worried about the offensive line. They did struggle at times, but I think that Packers uh, defensive front is actually going to be a top 10 defensive front uh, when the season concludes. Um, so I like those guys. For once in for once in the franchise's history, the defense isn't an issue. That's what you're saying. The defense? The, the, the Packers defense. Oh, yeah, for once, yeah. No more down capers. Um, so I'm not worried about that, but everything else about the offense concerns me, right? Um, I, I have consistently, you know, lifelong Bears fan and consistently supported my guys. I think everyone here knows that I, I love Jay Cutler. I, I support him. In fact, when he opens his new store, his wife opens his new store, I'm going to be their first customer out there trying to meet Kristen Cavallari and Jay himself. <laughs> um, so to this day, I'm a supporter of Jay. But with Mitch, it's different. And, and that's the pathetic thing. Like, I saw glimpses of Jay that excited me. 
you know, yes, he singled in on receivers. He held on to the ball too long, but he was a pro, right? And he looked like a pro, despite his flaws. When I see Mitch, and I said this from season one, I said it from the day they drafted, he looks like an inexperienced college quarterback. And this is year three, and this was the year that he was supposed to break out of that. And I know it's week one, and it's time for overreaction, and I, I, I wish I could say I'm not overreacting, but guys, I don't see it. I don't see an NFL quarterback there. Uh, I, I think that we have a team that's capable of the Super, Super Bowl if we had a top 10 quarterback, but the fact is the Bears don't have a top 10 quarterback. I don't. What, what did you see from Mitch Cody? They, I don't think they have a top 20 quarterback, honestly. Um, and I've, I've been anti-Mitch from the beginning, and, I, and I've been trying to keep my my bias aside just because I thought that it was a ridiculous uh, transaction to trade up to get him when they, if they really wanted him that bad, they could have just waited uh, and he would have been there. Uh, compound that with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes being who they've turned out to be. It looks like a ridiculous, a ridiculous move. It's actually, I, I was listening to Waddle and Sylvie and they took that comparison a, a bit further. Look at every quarterback drafted after Mitch, not only in that 2016 draft, but every draft after then. Tell me one first-round quarterback that you would want that you would want Mitch before. I, off the top of my head, I, I, I mean, would say that the Giants quarterback. What's his name? Dan, Daniel, Daniel Jones. There's not enough tape out there. Not to enough really make tape it, out yeah. there, but I, I think I think that it was a horrible pick. But honestly, look across the board. Uh, what about last year? Josh Allen. Who was the other guy? I, guys, I take all these guys over Mitch at this point. Yeah. And and, and it's it's troubling. Yep. Um, so I, I'm I'm worried about Mitch as well. I think that the the passing game I mean, it's going to be average at best. What what I'm really worried about is the running game. I think that having and this will probably be something that I get on get in on a, another podcast is I'm a very anti three running back by committee. Um, you can do two, but I don't think that there's any proof out there outside of the New England Patriots that you can make three running backs work. And that's what the Bears are trying to do. I think that if you have three different running backs, then nobody gets in a rhythm. The offensive line doesn't get in a rhythm. The running backs don't get in a rhythm. Um, and the running game goes nowhere. So I think if the Bears want to succeed, I think it's, you either got to pick, is it going to be Montgomery and Cohen, or is it going to be Mike Davis and Cohen? Uh, I, I think you got to, when it, when it comes to not getting in a rhythm for the Bears running backs, you got to put some of that blame on Nagy. He, do you know how many carries David Montgomery got? Five. Five touches for your new running back. He has shown complete inability to commit to the run, and he his goofy antics, I shouldn't say goofy, they were effective, but those those kind of sexy plays, they were effective last year. But last year he also ignored the run. And his inability to commit to the run is just going to make things harder for Mitch. And so I agree with you. I, you know, two running back systems historically work better, but what's, in my opinion, going to be more beneficial to the Bears is just making that commitment to the run, which Nagy in two years now has shown the inability to do. Yep, I, I completely agree. So there's a there's a lot of improvement that we're hoping to see uh, in week two from the Bears, and hopefully they can do that against Vic Fangio's uh, defense in, in Denver. they got to go to Denver where it's going to be hot, the air is going to be thin. Um, you would think that they want to just run the ball and, and, uh, and do old Bear football, but we'll see what happens, and uh, and we'll go from there. But 
There's something new that happened this week, guys. Something new in the league that I know that Kevin's not excited about. I know that Radio's very excited about, uh, and that is the the free agent auction uh, budget. So uh, we just had the first processing last night, and after uh, after the processing went through, um, it was fun. Admit for me, I thought it was really interesting to see what was going to happen. I got really excited last night, like. All right, how many how many dollars am I gonna put on Tyrell Williams? How many dollars am I gonna put on Malcolm Brown? And then to wake up this morning and see that I got my boy Terry McLaurin. What? Are you serious? Three dollars for Terry? Man, I'm so excited about that. So, but what was really surprising to me was how much money that radio put on Tyrell Williams and Malcolm and Malcolm Brown, right? on Malcolm Brown. And uh, Kevin's got the money right in front of us, but it looks like the next highest bidder was 11. And then Tyrell Williams for $21. And the next highest bidder might, I think it looks like 15 from Jerome. So radio's down to $44 in his free agent auction budget. Hey, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, he might be putting himself behind the eight ball here, or does he have a good strategy? Uh, excellent question. I would say, first of all, classic radio to blow his load in week one, or <laughs> typically in his experience in the first five minutes, that is confirmed by multiple sources. Uh, I, guys, I, 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 I'll blame it on my inexperience with Fab. I started doing some research last night, and I think radio may be onto something, because what I read is that the week that you're going to get the best guys is going to be week one, where it's undiscovered. After this time, it's going to be fill-in guys. It's going to be backups. And even if a, a, a first-end running back goes down, typically it turns into a timeshare and you don't get another stud. So I, I, I do see spending a lot of money in week one, and that's where I failed due to inexperience. Um, I got nobody. Uh, but but <laughs> So I, I printed out, if you guys go to like transaction history and print out the auction results, it's it lists it down. And I see... Radio's name here, he's six of the top ten bids. He put in a lot of bids. He, he, it, we'll see if it pays off. I mean, Malcolm Brown and Tyrell Williams, yes, they performed well in week one. Uh, but how is that going to translate? Right? But is he going to regret this decision four weeks from now, five weeks from now, when he's out of money and he's got he's bidding on zero? What I, what I don't like most about this, Cody, is... As I've shared with all of you guys before, historically, I'm a, I'm a waiver connoisseur. I put in several waiver claims, and I do so to make sure that I, I'm getting the biggest value pick. Um, but what happens after that waiver claim period in the old world is you can go on and, and pick guys up day of. So I would set my alarm extra early on Wednesday to go pick up the defense I want. If I'm going to change kickers, i do it all right then. But now there's no circumstance where you can go the same day and pick up a player. It's either you bid at that Tuesday night or you bid on that Friday night and if you don't like for example awesome last week I don't know if you noticed didn't play with a kicker <laughs> he played with no kicker because he well because he's an all, idiot he's a terrible team tra- he probably shouldn't pay attention he should give up uh, <laughs> but because he didn't know the rules and, and to be honest I agree with them you should have the ability to tinker last minute and that's what I think is what's really lacking from this fab but overall you know, despite my negativity, I'm excited for something new. Uh, you have no doubt I'm going to definitely excel at this and master it by the end. But right now I'm frustrated because I don't know what that right number is for these players. Yep. I think we're all trying to figure that out right now. And to your point, Kevin, I, I'm nervous about this as well. 
what's going to happen when our uh, like uh, my defense is on a buy? And I don't want to bid four dollars on the Patriots defense like Radio did. Like I don't. Idiot. I, <laughs> Great matchup, but he's going to drop them next week. Well, I, I mean, like, what happens on Saturday if I get outbid for the 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 Buccaneers defense because somebody else put a dollar on them and I didn't. I, I wanted them for free. Um, no one's could, putting a dollar. For the Buccaneers defense coach. <laughs> you guys know what Bucks is backwards, right? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, it, those, those types of thoughts went through my head this morning when I was I was nervous about what's going to happen when people go on by and we're really scrambling to get guys. I think those that Saturday waiver is going to be a make-or-break moment for everybody in this league at least once this year. So, um, speaking of make-or-break moments... We're not quite there yet, but this is a big week for a lot of teams, Kevin. There's, I mean, first you don't want to go zero and two, right? In in the league. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I heard it uh, from an NFL perspective this week. Teams that go zero and two, NFL teams that go zero and two, miss the playoffs ninety plus percent of the time. So that can be extrapolated out even more so for fantasy. Right, you do not want to go 0 2. There's only 13 weeks to play before the playoffs, right? Exactly. So that's <laughs> that makes it even tougher. So I mean, uh, this past week was very good for me. It was very bad for Kevin. It was very good for Jake Metzger. It was very bad for Mike Austin. I, well, and well, I guess we'll talk a little bit about your game first, Kevin. Uh, yeah, of course. Selfishly, I'd like to talk about myself. Uh, but moving into this segment, I, I think we should run through all the matchups just to reintroduce the teams. New team names, a lot of excitement, a lot of terrible picks we'll talk about. Uh, but the matchup we'll talk about first would be myself. Uh, new team t- new team name, Bring Back Jay. I really hope I change that by the end of the year. But, God, I would love to see my boy Jay back in a Bears uniform. After, I don't know if you guys saw it, he was on the field this past Sunday. Was he really? He was. He was <laughs> He was hanging out with Kyle Long. He was hanging out with uh, Zach Miller. And it, he wore a Bears button-up jacket. And he... He was loving it. He was smiling, and it was really—it really made me happy to see, uh, as not only a Bears fan but as uh, Jay Cutler fan. So, that's great spirit by him. He's spending a lot of time back in town, but nonetheless, fuck this week. It was a rough start. I am your champion, as you know. So clearly, my fantasy ability cannot be questioned. But I, I just got crushed this week, and and what made it absolutely worst is I lost to Ned Asik, Dak Street's back. Uh, uh, just terrible fantasy player, no nothing, goes into the draft blind, drafts from his phone, no strategy. Uh, statistically, he's had some good seasons. Uh, what makes this even more sour for me is I remember about four years ago, it was Ned and myself in the uh, championship. Ned was living at Displains at the time, and uh, we watched the final Monday night game. He had Marshawn Lynch, and I had, I think, uh, Jordan Reed. And Marshawn Lynch didn't start the game, right? He came out of the field five minutes after the game started eating Skittles. Uh, and we were sitting there, Ned's feeding me fish, he cooked fish, we're crushing beers, and I am on top of the world, right? I'm ridiculing him, it's an easy win, I'm already up. And then of course, he goes beast mode, puts up like 35 points, I lose the championship, Pro- proceed to just get blacked out and, and hurt myself, and it was just overall very sad night. And so, so Sunday, as I'm watching my projected score go from like 120, dwindle down into the 90s, and I see his increase as Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram 
gets in the end zone a couple times. Dak Prescott throws for four touchdowns. I thought Dak was a nobody. It was really, really tough to watch. And in all the success I've had in fantasy over the years, and it's been a tremendous, tremendous amount of success, I've, I've always followed two rules. And that's, number one, never play a Bears pass catcher. I never have. And number two, never, never, never a Patriots running back. And what do I do? I draft Sony Michelle in the third round. An absolute bum. He's always been a bum. I never should have done it. He scored 1.4 points. Uh, I think he had 12, no, 13 carries for 12 yards, as I, as I recall. So very I think it was 15 carries for 14 yards. I have Sony and a couple of other leagues. Will you be playing Sony Michelle this week against Miami? Uh, I, yes, I probably, <laughs> I probably will be. And, and I say that just because there's so much variation week to week in the Patriots offense. Like I, I, again, it's week one. Everyone overreacts. I'm sure people are going to drop people this week that they regret. So I'm not going to over regret. I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to jump ship, but man, very, very tough. Let's take us in the next matchup, Coach. <laughs> uh, next one we got, uh, radio ended up beating Jerome, uh, in a, in a shellacking. Uh, 102.6 to 71.8. Radio, the Cutler effort, getting a getting great effort by Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara should be a stalwart for Radio going into this season. Jared Goff, it, honestly, it was just for the for the week. He got basically what he wanted out of everybody. You know, everybody uh, everybody put up some sort of point, and that's kind of what I see from his team. A lot of a lot of higher floor guys, Latavius Murray sitting on his bench, uh, ended up getting into the end zone. Calvin Ridley is going to get into the end zone a couple of times a year. He's going to get some targets. Um, and Marte- Marquez Valdez-Scantling looks like he's going to be the number two pass catcher for Green Bay. Um, so I don't see a ton of upside for Radio's team. However, what I do see is some consistency week to week. As we, as we move over to Jerome's team, Baker Mayfield, terrible effort, and that had to be very... Very depressing Three for, picks. for Jerome to see. Um, it, you know, that that's not going to happen every week, I don't think. Uh, I think Jerome's still got a chance to have a good season. However, uh, you might have to look for a new quarterback. Uh, might have to look for a backup quarterback because he doesn't have any anything on the – or as of right now. All right, yeah. Uh, historically, I don't think Jerome's had much uh, success in this league. Uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just leave that. Okay, there. moving on to the next. And actually, before I do, pay attention. So Radio won with a score of 102, which I think was pretty middle of the pack. He would have lost a lot of these matchups. Uh, but moving on to the next one, we got Mike Awesome. <laughs> uh, get Mitch or Die Tryant, who obviously was at a disadvantage going into this league. And I was actually a little disappointed with his negativity at the draft. He went in basically without a second rounder. But there have been a lot of teams that have been successful without a second rounder. Notably, myself last year, drafting Alex Collins, who I think started one week for me. Uh, so I'd like to see him to get a little bit more into it and a, and a little bit more invested in this year. Uh, but terrible, terrible start with 74.3 points. He did beat me out. I, I guess I can't speak there. Uh, but got absolutely crushed by the points winner of the week, my father, Bob O'Brien, which is obviously a shocker. We all witnessed his draft reaching, reaching for a defense, reaching for a kicker, reaching for a quarterback in the first round. Uh, historically, we all know what he does, and it's laughable. But if you look at the last six years, six or seven years, he's been in the playoffs more times than he hasn't. So we all thought he was losing it the last couple years. I certainly did. But 
excellent, excellent start out of him. He really hit on a lot, a lot of picks. And what I really liked was... Obviously, Mahomes is not going to keep this up. He's not going to outproduce all these other other quarterbacks consistently, but he picked off right where he left off. Number two, Josh Jacobs. I have him in a couple other leagues. So exciting to see that he dominated the snaps. I think he took every single carry. Nothing for, uh, what's his backup's name there? Jalen Richard. Nothing. Nothing for him. So, an actually pretty good draft. A huge reach for the Bears' defense. Huge reach for uh, Greg Zerline, but it, it paid off in, in week one. And for, for Mike, obviously a bunch of reaches on his lineup. We all knew it probably wasn't going to work out. If he's going to advance in this league, he's really going to have to master and take advantage of uh, Fab week to week. Yep. Uh, Keyword for that is just be better, Mike. Uh, and also, uh, something to look at for Bob, too. He has LaShawn McCoy on his bench. I'm interested to see what happens with Shady in Kansas City. Um, next we got... Wait, I believe he also had Amari Cooper on his bench. Uh, he he did have Amari Cooper on his bench. Classic No Bob. one knows why. Uh, <laughs> but uh, next we got new guy Cody Billick, uh, son of a Mitch, beating out Waloka. Waloka with the extra second round pick, taking the L week one. Uh, not able to play Antonio Brown. Leaving Tevin Coleman on the bench, uh, I guess he uh, he made the right call there. But still, only 105.1 points for the week, which is not what you're looking at. And now, his tight end, his starting tight end, Hunter Henry, is hurt, and he's got to depend on Darren Waller, an Oakland pass catcher. And he might may have played well week one. That doesn't mean he's going to play well week to week. I know Matthew Barry's high on him uh, from yep. from earlier uh, in the preseason. A lot of people are. I just don't trust the Raiders pass catchers. Derek Carr may have looked good week one, um, but that just that place just seems like a dumpster fire. Um, I'm I'm pumping the brakes on him right now. All right. Uh, however, Cody Billick, even though he used his fifth round keeper on Greg Olson, he started T.J. Hawkinson instead, and it paid off big time. Yes. I don't even know what like does he does he have a crystal ball? How did he figure out to start a rookie tight end who rookie tight ends never succeed? Uh, just a just a great call there. Um, Keenan Allen coming up big. Uh, Le'Veon Bell doing his thing. Uh, if if those if those three things stay consistent through the year, he might be a force to reckon with in year one. Um, I don't know about you, but when I left the draft, I left with two things in mind. Uh, number one, Mike Awesome's team was pitifully bad. Uh, <laughs> but number two, I definitely questioned. Cody with a C's approach. Uh, obviously, taking Greg Olson with a fifth-round keeper is asinine. But he actually drafted two other tight ends as well. Not only Hawkinson, which may turn out to be an awesome, awesome pick, but he's got Austin Hooper on his bench too. So, uh, if, if I had to guess, he's definitely going to drop one of those tight ends uh, very soon. Um, next, we got a matchup of uh, of two heavy hitters, two teams that exceeded 120 points. Uh, Steve's really got to have his be burned at this point. A. A. Ron's mustache rides. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is an absolute clown um, with his denim jacket and his mustache. He's he's pathetically looking for more and more fans when he's just has no no personality, um, and he's likely a homosexual. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just saying. Um, uh, anyways, he lost 120.7, and Jake Metzger, our regular season champ from last year, put up 129.9. Uh, really close matchup here. I was watching it closely Sunday night, Monday um, night as well. And uh, Jake, obviously, historically, goes hard, hard in on the Chiefs, right? 
He got Damian Williams, who, who performed pretty well. We'll see what his uh, share is moving forward. Travis Kelsey had an all right day at 10 three points. But what a pickup with Sammy Watkins. I questioned that pick when he did it, but dude went off. I did too. 42 points from Sammy Watkins. Crushed it, crushed it. Uh, I, I don't think that this strategy will pay off long term. I think he'll fade kind of into the mediocre. But definitely, definitely a good start. And uh, and from Steve's standpoint, same thing. He took the L. But putting up 120 points on week one, a, a very thorough team. He's got Aaron Rodgers, David Johnson, ODB, who I, I expect to bounce back. Evan Ingram blew up. Good tight end pick. That wasn't one of the top three. I, I see both these teams being uh, uh, someone to reckon with moving forward. Yep, we'll see. We'll see what Metzger does on the waiver wire. Uh, I'm I, especially with this new uh, free agency auction um, deal that we got going on. I'm really interested to see what Metzger's strategy is going to be week to week to try to uh, cover for injuries, cover for bye weeks, so on and so forth. Uh, to round this out, to round out the podcast, uh, I'm going to talk about my W that I took, and I'm not the type of person that likes to brag, uh, but the team came through this week, and and by team, I mean literally only three guys. <laughs> uh, my team name, who peed in the dryer, because we still don't know. Uh, <laughs> good, good team name, good team name. It was it was definitely awesome, but good team name. <laughs> uh, Christian McCaffrey getting me 38 points, DeAndre Hopkins getting 27, and Austin Eckler getting 36. Uh, I don't expect... Austin Eckler to get me 36 points each week, but right now I'm really happy that I picked up the Chargers uh, starting running back in the seventh round. Um, hopefully Mike Evans and OJ Howard can pick it up. Uh, I'm not holding my breath because Jameis Winston's a fucking bum. Um, <laughs> but, um, but. Yes. <laughs> And, and hopefully David Montgomery can get some more, more carries through the Bears uh, Bears rushing attack. But uh, Christian McCaffrey being a stalwart is uh, making me super confident. Um, I ended up beating Team Asic, uh, which makes you think that it's Ned's brother still, but it's actually Dan Melnar. Dan, I'm deliver this message to you now. Change your team names. Change it. No one wants to read Team Achich ever. <laughs> Change, change it. Sorry, team, team, not team Asics. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll see what Dan does this year. I feel like he's a uh, he's a type of guy who's uh, if his team's good, he's gonna pay attention. But if his team sucks, he may be playing starting guys on bye week. Um, not a whole lot of confidence there. Uh, he may be starting Tyreek Hill even though he's out this week uh, as a starting wide receiver. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, he may be starting. We'll, we'll see if he uh, can get the W, pay attention to his league this week, or if he's going to go 0-2. That's going to wrap it up this week, guys. Um, uh, actually, but before we give our close, I want to give one more shout-out to our sponsor, Blue Nose Brewery. Nate's been here with us the whole time, writing down notes, uh, reminding us to cover important topics. So I'm going to throw it over to him one more time to deliver his final message. Nate, take it. Here we are again, guys, uh, at Blue Nose Brewery, closing up tonight. I just want to start with that. Very impressed with this league's kind of turnout here and the, the moves you guys are making. Very impressive. You're getting a lot of insight. I, I tapped Kevin a couple of times. He might have said too much to a couple of you guys. You better listen up. Uh, this has been great tonight. Thanks again for uh, listening in. And uh, always drink Blue Nose Brewery. Always. Always indeed. Uh, that'll do it for us. Next week, uh, a couple of things that we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see who goes 2-0, who goes 0-2, and what those what the prospects are for those teams making the playoffs who out of the 0-2 teams have a chance still and who out of the 2-0 teams are just a fluke um i'm gonna be as of right now working with ryan downs aka radio 
probably dropping that podcast Wednesday or Thursday of next week. And uh, I hope you guys, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I have a ton of fun doing this. All right. I hope you guys have a ton of fun listening, and I look forward to seeing what happens this Sunday. Uh, excellent job as always, Cody. I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, look forward to contributing in the future. But until then, dude, I can't wait till the next episode, man. Keep it going. All right. Good luck. Take it easy, guys.